Money. It's a gas. Ba ba da be ba ba do ba ba dee ba ba dee ba. Um, hey, this is Jed Mayhew. Uh, you're listening to Jed Banger's Ball. Uh, we're back. Um, but we are not actually back because uh, this is a very, very special episode. Um, would call it almost the pilot episode uh, for a new. God damn it! I keep doing that that clicking thing. Uh, some things have not changed. Uh, a pilot episode for a new podcast yet to be named, uh, an unnamed podcast. But um, I've mentioned it on some of the other episodes of Jed Banger's Ball, but I've gotten pretty interested in uh, the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world, um, you know, as a steadfast uh, anti-big government uh, type of person, um, you know, not really because I I'm no different than anyone else, but you know, in my in my mind, I do live in the woods and um, and I make bombs. But you know, in real life, I just uh, I live in L.A. and uh, uh, I make homemade ice cream sometimes. That's about as uh, back to the land as I've gotten lately. <clears throat> Barbecue, homemade ice cream, spice rubs, what have you, um, which are all available um, online if you email me at. Uh, that's not mayo at gmail.com. Uh, you can buy one of my products. <clears throat> Anyways, um, so I decided to, uh, f- just some backstory. We actually, well, I'll go even further back. Uh, basically, my friend Strider uh, told me about his involvement with Bitcoin. And this was right around the same time that I had just read an article saying that if you had bought a certain amount of Bitcoin at this 10 years ago, you'd be a millionaire now. Anyways, this is all, this is all old news, but, um, so he and I started talking about it. I got interested in it. He had been interested in it. Um, his background was that he was playing online poker years ago and someone had paid him in Bitcoin. And then he, he tells a story during the podcast, but he had held onto it for a while and then realized that it was worth some money. Um, and therefore got interested in it. And we had actually recorded this episode, we recorded another episode of this um, before, but I didn't have really great microphones at the time, and I was just using the compressor mics that are built into this machine, and uh, there was all these fucking, if you you know, if you know anything about LA, there's, uh, there's either like a leaf blower or a helicopter at all times um, within earshot. So with the compressors, they pick up everything and it just, it didn't sound great. We weren't very prepared and I just, I just, I didn't want to release it. So maybe it's, it's in the vault somewhere. Um, but I decided, you know, we, we did, we had fun with it and, um, and our interest in the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, uh, stayed. Um, and also there's just a bunch of shit going on with it right now and it's kind of, we're going to see what happens August 1st. Um, so what I'm saying now is if you are a normal listener of Jed Banger's Ball, I've recorded another podcast this week that I'm going to, um, well, I shouldn't say that. Um, it may, may it may or may not go up, but soon. It'll, it'll go up, just I don't know how soon. Um, but uh, if you want to hear talk about music or you want to hear interviews with musicians or you want to just hear me rant and rave, then this may not be the podcast for you. But basically, we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and some like kind of techno 
technical sort of stuff that we don't even understand. So um, if you if you have a, if you're interested in that, by all means, please um, please listen. And if uh, you like it, you know, let us know. Um, but uh, you know, if 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 you're looking for like jokes or something like that, this this might not be the episode. Um, although there, you know, I make some stupid shits at some point. Uh, so, anyways, um, <clears throat> I just want to say um, again, uh, our again, uh, just this week, our the sponsors this week are again Visla uh, Surfwear and uh, wetsuits. Um, I was out um, in uh, Ventura surfing the other day. Actually, this is a true story. And a guy came up to me. Came up to me. He walked over to me. No, he. Uh, we were sort of, you know, in the lineup there, paddling around. And um, <clears throat> he asked me. He remarked on my uh, Visla wetsuit. Actually, my spring suit that I got from Visla, which uh, I'm really into um, so far. Just as far, it's been so hot. Like just having like a wetsuit with like the no the no leg part. Um, so that you can get in and out of it, like without it being like an uh, intense situation when it's hot out, is like pretty awesome. So this guy comes over, he asked me, you know, do I like the wetsuits? I said, yeah, I, I really like them, and I told him, you know, that, that, that my introduction with them was through uh, licensing a song with them, which I don't even know if they ever used it, or I never saw what they used it for or anything like that, but that they had. Um, sent me one of their wet webs websites one of their wetsuits early on and i love that one and i've been using it for over a year now and it's you know there's little tears and stuff like that here like minor ones but not nothing bad whereas i had a i had another wetsuit by another company before that uh within a year and not very much surfing had like completely blown out on me so this one i've surfed it at least 10 times what i surfed the other one and it's the the damage on it is negligible there's a little bit of damage in the neck uh part where you where you pull it over your neck which i think gets a lot of um stress to it um but you know now i have the spring suit for the summertime so it's like i just wear that one and then uh the other one stays dry and clean and and hopefully it'll last for at least another year before i get another one but but if i do i'm definitely going to get uh another visla web suit Websuit, wetsite. Um, <clears throat> so Visla wetsites, <laughs> Visla wetsuits. Their website is visla.com, v-i-s-s-l-a dot com. Um, thanks again for sponsoring the show, and um, also I want to give uh, a shout out to GHS Strings, uh, who are the official strings of Zigzags and myself, and I. Broke one yesterday at practice, so I'm going to admit it. Uh, broke the A string, which is the string I always break. But that's from, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm going to replace them, and I'm going to see how long, because I can't remember exactly how long these ones last, but I don't like to change strings if I'm just practicing. If it's a show, you know, I'll change them every couple shows, and I don't like to do it more than that, um, because they're hard to fucking stretch out when you got a Floyd Rose system. Um, but I really do fucking saw on that a string and i had the pick i was using yesterday had like a little groove in it so i'm wondering if it was just like sawing down on it you know and just basically sawed right through the string anyways uh that's the intro welcome jedbangers ball um and now we're going to talk to uh, our good buddy strider about bitcoin okay so um basically 
just to start out, and I know everyone, if you're listening to this and you're at all interested in Bitcoin, you're going to think this is kind of uh, elementary. But can you just give us like a quick history of the Bitcoin stuff that we're going to go into? Yeah. Okay. So Bitcoin started around 2009 as a digitalized currency, a digitalized form of money, basically. Um, and, you know, it uses an advanced ledger system to transfer funds from one party to another. Uh, it could take within any time within seconds or minutes. Um, it's become popular over the years. Uh, prices have rain you know it's been very volatile as well you know it's gone from 2000 to 1000 to 500 uh all over the place but basically yeah it's widely accepted as a as a form of payment it's and, considered uh, basically like the gold 2.0 well like that digital yeah. gold that brings another question is you know is or a question is bitcoin a you know is it a um a currency or is it an asset is it a, is it like gold or is it more like money Right, something. So because gold you of, could put into a cell phone, use it as a a conductor. Right, you can use it as a as something. Whereas a dollar is just a dollar. You can't really use it for it's anything like, except for snorting cocaine. It, yeah, it's a placeholder, yeah, for, for wealth. It represents something. It's like a coupon. It's like, you know, at one point it was a coupon for gold, then it was silver, and now it's backed in... Uh, whatever it's backed in, but you know, Bitcoin's based on. It's basically there's a math problem that computers are solving. That problem takes energy to solve. The energy uh, can be quantified, and that has value, you know, just for solving. That's you know, so basically there's money involved in making a Bitcoin. It's not just it's something that's created out of nothing. You know, right? Energy. It costs money to mine it. They call it mine. Yeah, it. and they're basically solving these math math problems, but they're using extreme amounts of energy. Uh, to mine these bitcoins correct yeah and every time they mine one there's a unique like password or key code for every um for every bitcoin that's created by solving these math problems so they're yeah so it's just it's expanded through the years and become uh widely accepted i feel with the general public but there's also been a lot of shade thrown on it by mainstream media whenever i see like a you know, an article on Bitcoin, it's always kind of like negative, like, oh, it's, who know, it's used by, you know, nefarious groups or like money laundering schemes. Well, it was associated or, with the Silk Road where you could buy in the dark web and tour where you could buy uh, drugs and or like hits on people. And or prostitution whatever, or anything. Anything you wanted. You could buy it. It was a, the freest market. That probably you could also buy like toys on there. You could buy yeah. whatever you wanted. You could but, buy coupons, but you, you buy... but you could use this uh, cryptocurrency that was harder to track. Correct. Yeah, it's basically. I mean, it's it's possible to track, but it's not. It's not like a receipt. You know, you don't have someone's inform name and date of birth and social security number. It's basically just a way to transfer funds. Sorry, Fonzie's trying to get. Fonzie's getting around. Yeah, the dog is here. Just put him over there. Yeah, put him on the yeah. He wants to be on his little on the bed there. <laughs> okay. Um, Usually, when you pick him up like that, he squeals too. So I'm really glad he didn't do that. Okay. So basically, <laughs> uh, um, uh, they, yeah, there's a third member of the podcast. Uh, uh, so basically, the problem with it, in as far as mainstream acceptance goes, was it was tied into drugs and illegal illegal operation, right. yeah, money laundering, drugs, and that's how I 
thought of it at first. I had no idea what it was besides that. And that's primarily what the people are getting when they're reading about Bitcoin, is it's this evil, dark, uh, dangerous form of trading money for illegal illegal you know goods and services right but what it really is is it's just a new form of currency or an asset or yeah or a service you know a service to you know it could be seen as some sort of like a digital service you know like paying for something right it's, but you know but for our, our intents and purposes i kind of consider it a currency as you know my interest in it is uh to make money via trading it and uh, well that is a commodity then see then you're creating right. sort of like a commodity you're you have this thing like gold and you're right. trading it for so i yeah these are questions that i don't think anyone's really well up until this time i've been using bitcoin as a currency to purchase other cryptocurrencies right because for whatever reason explain to me this so if you go on coinbase I can buy Bitcoin, I can buy Ethereum, and I can buy Litecoin on there. Yeah. Those are the only three right, that the, they sell. Right. And I can buy those with dollars. With your credit card. With my credit card. Yeah. With with my debit card. Mm-hmm. Every time you hit the table, oh, it's going to just this okay. so you know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. It's not the, <laughs> I got to I got to like rig it up so that it's like it's its own thing. In time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're getting started here. Um, this is the first episode. I can buy any of those three with a with a debit card. Yeah, or just linking your Coinbase account to your bank account. Sure, either way, that's what, how I do it. Yeah. Um, and then in turn, I can use Bitcoin to buy another cryptocurrency. Let's just say, um, for sake of whatever, let's say Neo. Okay, because we're going to come back to Neo, obviously. Right, formerly Anchors. Formerly Anchors, which which people call the Chinese Ethereum. Right. Now, why am I only able to buy Neo using Bitcoin? Just because Coinbase decided to have an exclusive distribution for Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin. Right. But why am I not allowed to go on to say Bitrix or one of these exchanges? Yeah. And purchase Neo. With with dollars, I have to use Bitcoin once I'm there. Right. I think there. Um, that's a good question. There are some exchanges where you can use just get money f- from your credit card to your bank account and then transfer it. Oh, you can to other exchanges. I think Cryptopia is one. It's based in New Zealand. Okay. And they, you know, because up until yeah. this point, I'm only using Bittrex just because I'm kind of new to this thing, and that that's kind of the most simple one it seems like yeah, so far and it's either Bitrix or Poloniex are probably the two most and it's based accessible. in Seattle and it's just sort of where it's, it's uh, Las Vegas Bitrix yeah I thought it was based in Seattle yeah me too because the, the yeah. Space Needle but it's the it's the Las Vegas uh, interesting yeah. well the guys that run it are <laughs> former security specialists at Amazon which is out of Seattle too yeah. but I'm sure they I'll have, have to double check that because I was kind of I thought it was Seattle and then I looked into on their website and it said like well we can figure it out that's not the most important thing but we can figure that out but so (laughs) that's my question so but they also have ethereum markets Mm -hmm. and i've never i've never even owned ethereum um because i don't understand how i'm supposed to buy anything with ethereum whereas bitcoin is at this point bitcoin there's a lot of stuff you can buy with bitcoin you can buy 
There's people that have bought houses with Bitcoin. There's people that bought cars with Bitcoin. There's, you know, obviously the Silk Road stuff. People have bought anything with Bitcoin. Right. Uh, I think most people are buying what they're using Ethereum to buy are ICOs, Uh, which is an abbreviation or an acronym for initial coin offering. Right. Um, I mean, we could talk about this later in the podcast, but yeah, it's, it's similar to an initial public offering, which is in the stock market, where before a company goes public, they offer... Uh, up some shares of their stock sure to you know investors um and where do you find out about these icos the icos you kind of just got to look around online there's uh slack channels that talk about you know, i think like, you sent me a website though that that has like uh countdowns for all the different uh icos yeah where i think that was just on coin market cap i think it might have been coin market cap yeah um Maybe we'll like try to at the end we we'll, can link some of this when I put the description up in the podcast. I'll put some links up here and some of yeah, the things that we like talked Twitter, about. Let people, me just let me some... just make a note of that. Um, ICO listing sites so that people can look at that if they want to, and then um, Bittrex and some of these other things and Coinbase and I'll link to these places. But at this point in time, I wouldn't really invest in any ICOs at the moment. Because just last week, a few days ago, there was uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission yes. passed some laws and regulations regarding uh, these initial coin offerings. Right. Can you explain what the laws are? Do you know? I, yeah. I just read about it this morning I and I was immediately confused. So uh, Basically, people are spending their Ethereum on these ICOs. Um, and they're you know they spend a thousand ethereum or a hundred ethereum or one ethereum and they get a certain amount of coins when the company turns their idea into an actual currency sure um so the yeah the securities exchange commission basically says that that is um that you know there it turns sorry about that uh tokens for sale they're forms of shares in a company and selling shares without a license is against federal law so okay these ICOs are more, it's more like a share in a company rather than like an actual currency or a commodity, which right. Bitcoin is considered and is kind of regulated, I think, to some degree. But these ICOs are it's kind of a new concept in the cryptocurrency world. And um, Well, that, that, made, that always was a little confusing to me with ant shares because you're buying ant shares that then would generate the ant coin. And now it's all changed to NEO. So you're buying NEO. But it's a share. You're buying a share in the company that is then, when you keep it in your wallet, it generates coins. Like a di- the way a dividend would work, right? Which is something the SEC, uh, you know, talked about when they investigated this company called the DAO. Uh, it stands for it's not D O W. It's D A O. It stands mm-hmm. for Digital Autonomous Organization. Right. Uh, it's basically like a giant organization that is based on a program or an algorithm. So mm-hmm. there's no employees in it. It's just, and it's basically, um, it's an invest. It was an investment strategy. It's like an automated investment strategy. So you'd invest in this thing, this, uh, this DAO. It would use the money with its artificial intelligence to invest it. And then, uh, that money would increase and you would get sort of like dividends, like the way in stock market where a company, uh, shares its dividends with the shareholders. Sure. Which is like if a company has extra profit at the end of the year, they divide it among, amongst the, shareholders gotcha and uh so yeah the sec wasn't okay with that but the dow is also hacked though so the dow was hacked and yeah there's been a lot of ethereum based hacks right so recently i mean that's kind of 
Yeah, that's kind of a an overall sort of history. So, um, what what is happening now, and uh, what's going what's going to happen, and what's happening with Bitcoin like at the moment? Uh, well, at the moment, everyone was, is for the past fucking few... fly in here. There's this fly that keeps flying around. Yes, four, driving, four driving members of the podcast now. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so everyone's kind of been freaking out the past few months about this fork issue. Mm -hmm. Um, From what I've been reading, it looks like it's not going to be much of an issue or anything to worry about. Um, I guess the whole situation behind that was there. The technology that Bitcoin used when it was created to to transfer money um, is kind of become antiquated at this point. Right, that's what I was wondering. So I think maybe you and I have talked about it or... um uh i've read about it it seems that bitcoin as far as like transferring bitcoin to places uh is considered slow yeah in the cryptocurrency it, world in cryptocurrency world yeah, yeah you know if you transfer a bitcoin it could take five minutes or it could take you know two days and i've had and i've had issues with that like when i've had bitcoin on like coinbase that i've purchased the bitcoin now i want to now i have to transfer it to the exchange so that I can now buy something with it. Right. And by the time, the reason why I want to go to that exchange and buy something is because whatever I want to buy is uh, is is low in price at that moment. And by the time I get there with Bitcoin, maybe it's like jumped up to now I'm not as interested in it anymore. But at the same time, it could go down and you're like, phew, I'm glad I didn't, uh, glad I didn't invest in that thing. Right, but I'm just saying, like, what if I what if I want to buy it right now and I don't have the money, but I have the money somewhere else on on the computer, you know? Or well, I would almost say go with Litecoin, right? Because that's faster. It's essentially Bitcoin, but the the yeah the transferring process is more up to date. It's more but so but 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 can I buy things with Litecoin? Can I buy Neo with Litecoin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can buy Bitcoin with Litecoin. You can buy Ethereum with Litecoin. Right. A lot of the exchanges, there's like a Litecoin exchange and Ethereum exchange. Gotcha. And a Bitcoin exchange. Gotcha. Um, um, that would, we're going to, I'm going to come back to that real quick though. Um, what you're about to say is that they're going to basically update Bitcoin so that it's, that it's faster. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um but I want to, I want to just, we're going to come back to that, but I have a question for you real quick before, so I don't forget it. Um, Say that I have $50,000 worth of Bitcoin, which would be 10 or 20 or 15 Bitcoin. Yeah. Something like that. that. Um, I decide that I want $50,000 cash. I don't want my Bitcoin anymore. Yeah. How easy is it for me to convert that into dollars? It's going to take, with that much, a couple days. A couple days? Well, I mean, I. Not not necessarily okay. Here's 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 what I'm saying. Not necessarily yeah. how long is it going to take me, but how easy? Is how it? easy is it going to be? As far as like, am I going to pay taxes on that money? Am I gonna? Uh, is there gonna is there gonna be anyone trying to stop me from converting that into cash? No, no I don't think so. No, but I haven't personally experienced transferring that much amount of money. That much money, sure. Yet, but that would be nice. But I think ultimately. Uh, you know, say you bought Bitcoin for $1,000 and you sold it for $3,000. So mm-hmm. you made a $2,000 profit. Right. You have to sort of claim that. Sure. At some point, as soon as you turn it into the cash. If you let it ride in crypto land, you know, in Bitcoin world, and it goes to 10000 I don't think you have to pay tax. From my understanding, I don't think you have to pay taxes until you take until it out you... and convert it into fiat. Right. You know, Fiat is what? 
uh, what were you dollars exactly and anything back? I'm just making sure people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because you know when I talk to you know uh, uh, people that maybe are have invested in stocks before Mm. and maybe they're a little wary of Bitcoin, you know, like they're maybe have more of a old school mentality about this sort of thing. Um, Those are the questions that they ask because it's like, how do you do this stuff legally when you're dealing with larger quantities of money? Whereas you're not going to get in trouble for, you know, taking $50,000 off of a a Coinbase or wherever. Because what you would do is say you had, um, 15 Bitcoin on an exchange. Right. You would then transfer that Bitcoin to where? Coinbase? Yeah. And then once it's on Coinbase, you would then... Transfer it to your bank account. Transfer it directly to your bank account. Yeah. So now if in your when it shows up in your bank account, it's going to show up as dollars. Yes. And at some point, someone's going to be like, hey, where did that $50,000 come from? Exactly. And you're going to have to you know save document all your transactions on coinbase and say oh that fifty thousand dollars came from you know a four thousand dollar investment i made at this time and they're like well so you made you know x amount of money you gotta pay this many taxes yeah and i'm just curious as to like if i went to my accountant now and said hey i just got fifty thousand dollars from bitcoin i wonder where his level of knowledge would be right at that you know, down the guy down at the H and R block, he's he's probably gonna <laughs> scratch his head and say, "Yeah." And so then, do do? but yeah. you don't want to be fucked up and like be like, "Okay," and do it, and then like a year or two from now, the IRS, the IRS is like, you, "You didn't and... fucking do this thing right," and you're like, "Well, I was down talking to fucking you know Hector at the H and R block on Alvarado. He told me everything. Was he said it was cool. cool so. You know." <laughs> here's Hector's phone number yeah I don't know that's, so that's the that's the conundrum of some of this stuff I would the, say if that was the case immediately take your money and turn it back into Bitcoin and well that's know. the other thing so I was talking to my dad about this and you know and uh, that's the other idea is that like instead of trying to you know get your money out and get your dollars out of Bitcoin is to just kind of try to accumulate as much Bitcoin yeah the accumulation or other cryptocurrencies that you think are going to be worth something and just accumulate as a savings account. Basically. Yeah, and 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 then when you and then when you want to buy something, maybe pay for it in Bitcoin as opposed to yeah, dollars, you know. There's plenty of figure out the way to do that, you know. Except Bitcoin right. in this day. I mean, overstock.com, Home Depot. I think there's an Amazon mirrored site now oh, wow. that basically accepts Bitcoin, so that it's, makes sense. it's not like Amazon accepts Bitcoin, but there's like a weird mirrored Third site. Party. Yeah, where they basically are They'll take the Bitcoin, pay it for the item in cash, and then buy the item for you and then ship it to you. Wow, that's so cool. I just read something about that. And I read also that um, you can use Bitcoin for like Walmart gift certificates now. Oh, a ton of gift certificates. Yeah. I think, yeah, like Applebee's, Walmart, Target. There's a website. I don't know. We could add it to the links, but it's some sort of gift card. So it's not necessarily that these companies are accepting bitcoin directly but their people are you buying their gifts cards and then selling them for bitcoin yeah and then you're using the gift card or whatever and then at one point is like what's the difference between a fucking bitcoin and a dollar at that point it's all it's all just like an idea and also what i've been reading about is you can put your bitcoin on like a little credit card 
Like transfer right. like hundred dollars onto a. Oh, that's what I want to ask you out. about that. Um, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute here. Um, no, I know I saw that too. That's that's interesting. So go ahead. But yeah, explain to me what you were going to explain now, as far as like what's happening currently. Well, we were going to go back a little bit. So I sort of want to. We have to explain what's currently going on. We got to go back to Mount Gox. Okay. Which I feel like a lot of people kind of know about, but if you don't, it was a kind of like the biggest uh, Bitcoin exchange of its day. Around be, lasted from around 2010 to 2014. It was based in Japan. It started in America and then uh, was sold. It was started in America by this guy Jed McCaleb, a Jed, another Jed, weird, um, who's actually like a big player in the Bitcoin world. I just learned about him today. I feel kind of dumb, but he uh, he invented this or uh, he created this exchange for for uh, Magic the Gathering trading cards. Of course. And then during while, while he was creating that, he read about Bitcoin and decided to go forward with Bitcoin exchange. instead. He decided a Bitcoin exchange was going to be like the you know the future. Um, so he turned the whole Magic the Gathering thing into a Bitcoin exchange. Um, it got pretty popular, but he wasn't really the guy to, that wanted to run a giant exchange. So he sold the project to this guy, Mark Karpalas, who was a French, uh, French national living in Japan. Right. Uh, he's the guy, and then so he ran. He was the guy, the CEO of the, in charge of the exchange. During that time, there was lots of, you know, hacking. There was lots of people weren't sure if it was insider hacking or outsider, but there wasn't. It wasn't the most secure exchange in the world, and it ended up going bankrupt from a huge hack where they stole three hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, it was over six percent of the overall bitcoins that were being traded at the time. Right. So um, do they? Do they ever know who? Was the person that stole that, or well, that's they, yeah, that's what brings us to modern okay, day, gotcha. which is uh, oh, I mean, one more note about Marco Palace. He's in court as of July eleventh, twenty seventeen, pleading not guilty in a Japanese court. So uh, last week, this guy not guilty for what money laundering? Oh, for the yeah, for the um, for stealing the or for the hacks for the for the money laundering of the coins. Okay, gotcha. So the guy who whose company it was. Who the guy who bought Mount Gox, the is, French guy, the French guy, yeah, Marco Polis. He's in he's in court like right now, basically. Right. What would that be akin to, as far as like a stock exchange, like a stock? Uh, would that be like something like Bernie Madoff or something like that? Would it be like a similar charge? Yeah, it would be something big like that. Yeah, some sort of. But what exactly is he being charged with? Money laundering. Yeah, he's being charged with yeah embezzlement, I believe, of all the coins. Um, gotcha. I'll look it up, but yeah, he's you know being charged by the Japanese banking system, I think, for laundering. You know, he's he's in court. He's yeah, in trouble. Well, this le- I mean, this is kind of what leads me back to the whole like you know doing your taxes today, Trump. You're like you want to avoid <laughs> avoid being called to a grand jury as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. But that's also, so that brings us to this guy, Alexander Vinnick. Um, last week, he was he was extradited to the U.S. by a uh, grand jury. Uh, he was he ran a web, uh, an exchange similar to the Mt. Gox uh, exchange. It was called BTCE. Um, and so, yeah, he was arrested in Greece on a, on a beach in Greece by the U.S. government um, for being involved in this Mt. Gox hack for laundering um, $325, or no, $4 billion, sorry, $4 billion 
of digital cryptocurrencies. Jesus Christ. Um, and so that's like, that's pretty recent news. So that's not really, there's not really a lot we can go into with that, but it's just a new development that's being made in this long ongoing story of Bitcoin. That's kind of interesting. It's kind of unfolding in a weird way. Right. Um, but yeah, this guy, Alexander Vinnick, he's being indicted for money laundering, financial crimes, uh, BTCE was connected. What uh, I wonder, yeah. it's like what I wonder about these guys is, are they, are they, are they smart enough to know how to fucking hack this shit or m- launder all this money? I mean, I know they're smart, but like, are they? They're not smart enough to not get caught. So right. is it? Are they? Are they trying to launder this money? Are they trying to figure out how to hack in and get all this shit, or are they like over their heads and making? mistakes because this stuff is so like so new. new yeah and then at some point you you maybe you owe people money and you're just like you're chasing your tail trying to catch up and you're you're gonna have to like cut some corners and do some shady things to to keep your business afloat right it's yeah exactly it's just so new you know that people don't really know how to you know protect their losses or to hide their money properly when they're doing illegal illegal things i guess i just um, wondered like how much of this stuff do these guys know is illegal or how much of it is just like well we were just exploiting uh yeah exploiting trends or the... exploiting uh loopholes in the system or you know right and even if it is illegal how bad is it for everything you know like money laundering i mean it's probably bad but people money laundering people have been laundering money for generations of course for cryptocurrency but i wonder you know i wonder how how much like how hard they're coming down on these guys because they don't like this stuff uh as far as governments right don't like these things in general so they they're under maybe even a more watchful eye right than say like you know uh the the mafia basically owning uh uh, like vending machines, right? You know, all the vending, yeah. You know what I mean. I think they just—they probably get a cut. You know, they probably get their cut from the vending machines and taxes. With this guy, Alexander Vinnick or Mark Carpolis, it's like, who knows if the U.S. government's getting their cut? Right. I don't know. <laughs> That's just a who knows theory. But I mean, now that the SEC is getting more involved and the grand jury is getting more, more involved, they'll probably start getting their cut and maybe, you know, make it a little more acceptable for people. But um, make it more acceptable, but also make it harder to make lots of money, right? In a shorter amount of time. That's true. You know what I mean? Just in the same way that how it's been going, how everything else is. Yeah, that's true. Um, so continue. But yeah, I mean that that basically brings us, you know, to modern day. Uh, you know, which is. I guess what I'm getting at is yeah. the fork or whatever. Right. The, which nothing's, there's a, there's a one theory that I've read about where there's, um, I haven't done enough research on it, but there's going to be th- this thing called BCC Bitcoin cash. That's what I was going to ask you. I have it written down right here. Bitcoin yeah. cash, which is Chinese. Uh, yeah, it's some sort of hard fork that's going to be imposed by some miners in China. Right. And I don't know what the point of it is just to have a, is it an alternative? Is it another? It's going to be like an Ethereum classic. God, that's what I was like. A... That's what I'm wondering. Okay, cool. So that this is a thing. So when Ethereum, when the DAO was hacked, they hard forked Ethereum into the original version and to Ethereum like classic, less, yeah, and Ethereum, right? 
And the idea is that Ethereum Classic is only going to... But the thing about Ethereum is it works on these smart contracts, basically, where it's like if something happens in the supply the chain, it triggers another thing to happen. Right. So if you had a will, for example, it was a smart contract. If you died, it would trigger the will to pay you know, me or your loved ones, some Ethereum or right. Bitcoin. Or and so when they forked it because of this hack with the Dow, um, they basically were upgrading it to a new a system, new software, software, whatever. So it's yeah. Less hackable. Yeah. Supposedly. And then the old Ethereum, which is now called Ethereum classic. It basically it's, it's a uh, software knowledge, um, uh, what, what would you call it? Um, uh, it's maintained. This, it's the same. Standard. It's the same. It, and it basically ends at a certain point of what it can do, what it right. can achieve. Exactly. And then they thought like, oh, people are just going to get rid of it and not use it anymore. But then people continued to mine it. And sell it. And sell it. And so it, it's it. actually yeah. kind of kept rising at a certain point. Yeah, because they took the knowledge from that they gained from the hack, the DAO hack. And said, you know, learned from those mistakes and basically kept the same currency, but said, we're not going to, you know, make it as hackable as it was. Right. So what I wonder with, so Bitcoin, would Bitcoin cash then yeah. be considered the same as Ethereum classic? In, in, yeah. In tradability and usability. Right. Yeah. And so what's going to happen? So is Bitcoin going to just stay the name Bitcoin, but it's going to be basically like Bitcoin 2.0? Right, yeah. Now, this is where it gets really kind of confusing it and is sort of confusing, yeah. abstract for, I think, everyone. I, if someone could explain it to me, I don't think anyone really has the answer. We're st everyone's still learning. Right. Yeah. But would Bitcoin, whereas before the, before the hard fork, do you know what the price of Ethereum was? No, that would be good to know, yeah. I'm just curious because... Now Ethereum, let's say right now, it's worth $250. Right. Or however many Satoshis. Um, and, I w and, and Bitcoin or Ethereum Classic would be like $15. Right now. Yeah. yeah. It, I'm just making these numbers up. Mm -hmm. That's somewhere around what they're worth. Like a tenth or... Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, for instance, now Bitcoin, when they fork it, and the fork is on August 1st. Yeah, which is, yeah. When it forks, does Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin go way down and then the new Bitcoin 2.0 go way up? Or or is it just going to be Bitcoin and then now Bitcoin cash? That's it. I'm confused there. Yeah, it's it's really confusing. I think the idea of Bitcoin cash is it's it's going to split Bitcoin into like a commodity and a currency. Okay. So you'd You'd spend your Bitcoin cash, but then like hodl your Bitcoin. Right. That's the concept. Okay. But I mean, I need to do a little more research because I don't even know if that anything like that's going to actually happen. Cause right. And and so, yeah, I mean, I wish like, it's like, I wish I had some advice or knew like what to say about this whole situation. Yeah. But I feel like because it is so confusing that, that I just don't even want to do anything like i don't want to buy bitcoin right now right um until this happens and maybe it's going to shoot way up and maybe i should have bought a bunch of bitcoin now and it's i'm going to lose money i lose out on something potential money yeah or 
as soon as this fork happens, it goes the price of Bitcoin goes way down, and then maybe that's an opportunity to start buying up some Bitcoin in the hopes that once everything kind of shakes out, that it'll start to climb again. Right. Yeah, there are definitely two two ways of thinking there. Um, it's either going to go higher, it's going to go low, and it, I would just say just spend what you can afford. I mean, for everybody, just like maybe yeah, accumulate little bits. You know, if you have an extra hundred bucks buy bitcoin or set a buy order for bitcoin when you see it as being low low you know no one can predict these like giant influxes whether it's like a price drop or a price rise necessarily but right if you believe in it as the future of you know spending money and making money and using money then you know it would be worth it just to have a little bit just in case yeah um well i think it's like uh, anything else it's like try to accumulate as much cash as you can right try to accumulate as much gold as you can right try to accumulate as much bitcoin as you can you know yeah just to the only problem is you can't hang someone over a fucking uh fire escape and shake bitcoin out of them (laughs) you can shake their wallet maybe they have like a digital wallet or can't uh, they wrote down their seed keys for their wallet on their on a note so i don't know (laughs) yeah exactly i mean it's just like it's hard to if someone owes you Bitcoin, it's hard to get it from them. If they don't want to give it to you. Yeah. But that's a good thing. If you owe someone Bitcoin and you don't want to give it to them, like, good luck. Well, that's the thing that's that's interesting Unless about this whole... Unless they're a hacker. And then... well, that, well, also, but it's, it, you know, it is, it, is, it is decentralized. It's not... There's not a bank holding all of your Bitcoin. Or there's not, like, an FDIC backing your, your money if it gets robbed. Right. Which I think would be the next. Ultimately, when that happens for Bitcoin, that's when we're going to see complete, you know, use use of it for everybody. Once, right. once there's like a. Did the dog just bite you? No, no, no. He's oh. good. He just he just gave a little squeal. Was oh, oh, he gets squealy sometimes if he touches back wrong. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think uh, where, where are we going with? Oh, that? at the FDIC. Yeah, we just they just need some sort of you know security for people so they don't feel like. If one of these BTCE exchanges or Mt. Gox exchanges go down, goes down, they don't just lose their money. You know, there needs, right. some, needs to be some sort of security. So that's the other thing um, that is probably pretty basic to people that do use Bitcoin and do know about Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. we haven't really discussed it yet, which is um, keeping your money on an exchange versus keeping it in a wallet. And a wallet, you know, is basically like PayPal, where it's PayPal is a wallet. It's an online wallet. Yeah, an online wallet. Yeah, yeah. Or you can have a like a hard wallet, like oh, a hard can. drive wallet. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can. I with PayPal? No, 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 no. I just mean in general. Oh, with Bitcoin. Yeah, with Bitcoin. Yeah, you can you can download a program that basically functions as a wallet that just keeps all of your keys. The you, the way you use Bitcoin is it's all the math that we were talking about that's right. created. It's just creating a key. Right. For the blockchain, you have a key for this. Bitcoin, you put it in, you give it to someone, they have the key for the Bitcoin. So it's, yeah, it's just a program that holds all those keys for you. Right. There's either one that you can download and put on your hard drive, or there's one, there's like physical ones that Mm -hmm. work as the same way a external hard drive would work. Right. But they're specific for... And there's also web-based ones as well. Yeah, there's web-based ones and there's exchanges. Right. So here, this is the, 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 but this is the question. So say that you have the majority of your funds cryptocurrency or whatever it is bitcoin on an exchange mm-hmm. and that exchange gets hacked mm-hmm. someone could take your money off of there all of it yeah right and the issue that i have for instance with 
uh, Neo, which maybe we'll talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. but is kind of the thing that I'm most heavily invested in just because that was kind of the first thing I bought and I've seen it do some interesting stuff since you've been watching it. I've been watching go it and, and I have a few other things, but that one's like kind of the most interesting thing to me just because it's like, Oh, it's the new Chinese Ethereum. There's and, a lot of buzz about it. And there's it's, a lot of buzz about it and it's just kind of more it, but there's buzz within reason. Like there's a lot of developers. Sure. Well, we'll talk really about that in a minute. Yeah. I just mean, for instance, I have some Neo on Bittrex mm-hmm. and then I also have the majority of my Neo in a wallet online on a web wallet right now the problem that i have is oh there goes the door um the problem that i have is when i see the price of neo going up i want to take that neo that i have on my web wallet transfer it immediately to the Exchange. uh, exchange and sell it and then when the price goes back down use that money bitcoin yeah the bitcoin that i've sold it for to buy more of it yeah and then take it back off the wallet every time i do that <laughs> fuck every time i do that um i have to pay a fee right with the exchange yeah depending on how many neo you take off right take out of the exchange right and so i it, think that fee has actually gone down on bitrix but um it has yeah but it's just i guess it's like it's like how much time do you need? Are you going to ex- uh, spend managing your funds and like waiting for these sort of changes? Are you going to do it every day? Are you going to like check it every fucking fifteen minutes? You know, it becomes this kind of never-ending thing. Well, you just kind of have to find what works for you. I mean, right? With your situation with your Neo, I would just say use your wallet as like your bank, where that's Neo you never want to spend for like the next year, two okay. years. Okay. On the exchange, you keep everything you want to keep that you want to be liquid. You know, gotcha. you want to change the Bitcoin, change the Litecoin. Got it. You know that makes sense. Uh, so you're not just wasting your money on fees, right? That's where they get you. That's why the exchanges are so profitable. It's like right, cost the dollar here and there, it adds up. Totally, it's like a casino. Um, but yeah, and plus there's an added advantage with Ant shares or Neo, where if you keep your money in your wallet, they create this thing called Antcoin, right? So let you want to explain real quick what AntShares Neo is? I mean, it's just yeah. It's anyone could do a little research, but it's basically a or cryptocurrency. Why do we like it? I mean, base we like it because there's hype around it because due to the develop developers, the dev team involved are supposedly like the best in the business. They've teamed up with Microsoft. Um, it's China's first public blockchain. Um, it does everything Bitcoin can do. It does everything Ethereum could do and uh, and more. It's resistant to quantum hacking. So in the future, hackers are going to use quantum computers to be able to basically hack Bitcoin or Ethereum or make their own Bitcoin or Ethereum. But with Anshares, there's like some quantum resistance involved in the in the programming from what I've read. And yeah, so it's just like... I wonder about that, you know, like I never th- really thought about it, but... Um... What about, like, is there a way to counterfeit Bitcoin? Not yet. Not yet. No. But people, obviously, I'm not the first person to think about that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, they're theorizing that with quantum computers, you could just hack Bitcoin or hack people's, uh, you know, passwords or... Basically stealing their identity and saying, like, 
whatever their wallet is, whatever their um, whatever their exchange is, whatever they have on their exchange, you could basically say that that's mine now and right. use it for however you wanted. You just take the keys. You hack into the program, right? Hack into their wallet, and then yeah, steal the keys. I mean, it's that it's basically like it's bank the, robbers. It's the like wild hackers. West. Yeah, if you take, can use the analogy of the wild west, these hackers they're like bank robbers. You right. Know? It's like back in the day, you'd put your money in the bank, it'd get robbed. You just <laughs> Like, oh, got to eat rashes <laughs> yeah. for the next two months or what, you know. And, exactly. And it's sort of similar now. It's like, decide how you want to save your money and, you know, cross your fingers. But I can say from personal experience, I was involved in Bitcoin in 2012, put my Bitcoin on a wallet, on a computer I didn't use for four, three, four years. And then recently, you know, when it, when it went up, I... Went into the computer and all my Bitcoin were there. So yeah, what here's a, here's a question: What if that computer that you had put aside for four years didn't turn on? Well, I'd go to a computer repair dude and right. What see if, if he, he could? What turn. if he couldn't fix it? Then I just take the hit. I guess just be. Sad. You would take like a six thousand dollar hit because your wallet is a fucking electronic paperweight. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, that was back in the day when wallets were a different thing. I mean, now you could now what I've done with my wallet is as I've written down these thirteen words basically yes. that are a code word for your to get into your wallet from any computer. Yes. So now, if my computer, you know, if something like what you can what you said happens, where my computer is just a brick and I can't access the Bitcoin, I can go on anyone's computer, put in those thirteen words, and have access to it. Right. So, you know, there's been advancements made since What if you lose that piece of paper? Um, well, I, I had it tattooed on my butt cheek, so. No. What if you're, <laughs> what if you're uh, forced into a Turkish prison and someone reads the, uh, your code as they're... Yeah, that's true. Don't get your... of your manhood. Yeah, don't get your Bitcoin seed code words tattooed. That's a bad idea. Should you memorize them, maybe? Yeah, could be good. Safe, could be like a mantra. Be like a, it would be interesting. So maybe a little psychotic. I don't think so. To be repeating these 13 words to At yourself. some point, though, it's like it's like memorizing a phone number, which none of us have to do anymore. But yeah, it's it true. could be interesting. I'm going to actually try to memorize mine. It wouldn't be that hard, because they're interesting words. Maybe like you can mustard. make up a little story for it. Sure. Yeah, it's like mustard, catapult, catnap, yeah. parsnip. That's know. mine. Don't say mine. That's, that's mine. Let's, you know. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, Anchor's Neo, Chinese Ethereum, they're calling it. Um, it's going up right now. It's going up right now. Um, that's one thing, you know, like the other day, I wish I would have, um, I, I didn't have a limit set on it to sell, but I, sh- I would have liked to have sold some of it the other day when it was over nine, because then it yeah. went back down below seven. It was, yeah, it was worth, I mean, you got to start looking at, and another thing we talk about is Satoshi Correct. value. So right now, Anchor's is worth seven dollars mm-hmm. and seventy-four cents. Correct. Uh, but it's worth three hundred one thousand seventy-six Satoshi. Okay. So. Oh, I was looking at it wrong. I was looking at the like the Bitcoin value, the point zero zero three two or whatever it's worth. Yeah, yeah, like this, like that number. Yes. Three, yeah. Oh, okay. So that so you're saying that's three thousand thirty thousand three hundred one thousand seventy-six Satoshi. Okay, so you're just getting rid of the two decimal places beforehand? Yeah, because okay. those are just zeros. Right. <laughs> I can't get that. Uh, okay, but I could also say it's worth 
0.003. Yeah. Yeah. So when it goes to 0. 0.004, 0.005. But that's only that that number is just a fraction of what Bitcoin is worth. Right. So that's where I get confused it's on this confusing. whole thing because yeah. it the because the if the price of Bitcoin goes down then and the pri- but if the price of Bitcoin goes down and that goes up, then yeah. the price could basically stay the same. Right. Even though you've got more Satoshi value. Right. So then you could sell, you know, if it if it went up to like say Zero zero four four hundred thousand satoshi. Yeah, and Bitcoin's worth like I don't know twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred, whatever. Right. You could you could buy like a ton of Bitcoin. Right. But I mean I don't know it's confusing because then Bitcoin's lower, but basically I mean that's why I so basically you want for instance if you want your Neo you want to use Neo to buy Bitcoin you just basically want the price of Bitcoin to go down and you want the price of the neo to go up right and vice versa yeah so if your bitcoin's really high and nick and neo's you know at a low you can buy more neo right than you could if neo was high and bitcoin was not high yeah and yeah it's simple math but it can get really confusing when you're looking at like weird decimal places and also you're you're talking about things with weird names and also things that are at this point kind of ideas versus like actual like you're Physical not getting paper, you're you not know. getting a like a actual thing in the mail when you buy it you know yeah to hold on to like a credit card number <laughs> right or, or even chip or, yeah a poker chip yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's <kinda laughs> they what, did that though when it first started there were little bitcoin i saw that guy he some guy in, in lives in the midwest and he makes a he makes a poker chip for every bitcoin wow that represents that has the key on it yeah the actual so you can sell that as like a... It's like a commemorative piece almost. Yeah. I think that guy must have stopped, right? Probably. I mean, it, that's basically just like having all your seed words written down on a right on a poker chip. How much Bitcoin is out there in the world right now? I think it's 16 million, something like there's 16... 16 million actual 16, Bitcoins? Yeah, 16. And that's a value of what, $40 billion? Uh, it's going up every day. Yeah, so we got yeah forty two billion roughly. I'm doing. I did the math in my head right there. Uh, that was nice. Yeah, sixteen 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 point five about million times say three thousand. I did that math twenty five hundred. Did that right in my head. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. Um, that's Um, how good I've gotten. That's that's what this will do to you. It'll turn you into from a normal math a beautiful mind. Yeah, (laughs) the beautiful mind. Um, um, so how much more is there to be mined? I think there's 21 million total. So there's only 5 million more Bitcoin to be mined at this four point, and a half. but there's less and less mined every year. Correct. So it's going to be a while so, because the math problems get harder and harder. Yeah. And more longer and longer and yeah. more energy needs to be used to solve them. Right. Um, hopefully some of that energy will be solar at some point and there won't be a, like a negative impact to the environment or Bitcoin. Well, that's all bullshit. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry is out. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, that's, that's why you should get involved in Bitcoin. Oh, another funny story from last week was uh, that guy, uh, John McAfee. Did you hear about that? No. He's the and guy who, is. who invented, uh, or who started like McAfee virus antivirus software oh, yeah. every time you go on websites like back in the update day. your mcafee software yeah. guy made a few million on that now he's heavily invested in bitcoin of course uh in my bitcoin mining as well but he said a quote he was quoted in forbes or business insider one of those 
uh, publications where he said, if Bitcoin doesn't go to $500,000 a piece, yeah, for one Bitcoin, yeah, if it doesn't go to half a million dollars in the next four years, two years, some short amount of time, he's going to cut his dick off on national TV. What? I think eat it too. What? Yeah, there was, it was pretty graphic. Gross. But that's, that's where it, that's where his head's at right now. You know, All right. could be how worth much, half a million. How much Bitcoin does he have? I don't know, 20, 30. No, he's got to have more than that. hundred. God damn. Cut your dick off. That's like, like that human giant bit where the guy cuts his dick off on and he gets like on YouTube and he gets like 42 million views. But then there's a guy that just does funny faces and he gets 78 million. <laughs> <laughs> and they're on one of those like talk shows. Oh, no. They're on like a, like a MSNBC and they're just like, Hey, you know, you got, you cut your dick off. You got 42 million. He's like, yeah, I'm famous, you know, blah, blah. And then they bring the other guy and they're like, you have 78 million views. And all you do is make funny faces. Make weird. And the guy's like, well, you know, like I wanted to be the first person to cut my dick off. And the other guy's like, he's like, how's it feel to pee on your balls? And all I have to do is like, Make funny faces, and I can make love to a woman still. Yeah. So. But what about the guy who makes funny faces and then cuts his dick off and gets like a hundred million views? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's so that that's I don't I the don't like people. That do, guy seems yeah. like uh, I mean, the thing about Bitcoin too is I feel like it brings a lot of fucking weirdos, those wackos, circles. yeah, into this. People whole thing. that sh- probably should be in basement dwelling. Yeah. Have some sort of say and influence on, you know, the world economy. It's scary it's scary but you know it's not any scarier than a bunch of the way it's working now well i think you know even the stock market when when did the stock market start um that's you know what 20s 30 tens i think like early 1900s 19 turn of the century i think so um let's look it up real quick because i want to i have an analogy here we need your dog to do the research (laughs) this is him typing on the uh uh computer chromebook yeah he's doing it he's He's hacking the there's a little pause okay oh interesting okay new york stock earlier than i thought actually new york stock exchange march 8th 1817 1817 1817 so it's interesting so i didn't realize it was i thought it was like 1900 yeah turn of the century but um well it's turn of the century but they 19th but the other century the wrong century it was a century behind so but so basically right now it's 1824 what is our life with bitcoin we're seven years into bitcoin oh okay you know what i'm saying yeah 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 yeah. we're seven years into this this new sort of stock market so you you take 2009 turn it into 2000 whatever so we're eight yeah. so it's it's 1820 1827 it's it's 100 Ten years, years in. before the roaring 20s right so we're 100 years before the well also 100 years before the great depression right if we're looking at it this way the wild west so but that's what i'm saying is so there's a lot of like like this mcafee guy old Dickless Dick McAfee. Old John. Wait, <laughs> old Dickless McAfee. Yeah. Uh, this this sick fuck. Yeah. He, you know, when in the 1817s when the stock market started, you had the, the people that were probably getting into it then were probably also considered to be like some fucking crazy, like slimy. Whack job. Whack job businessman. businessman. Willing to take, you know, some insane risks. What were know? they trade? Just businesses or gold? Was it commodities back then or 
Were they trading? Well, there was probably companies, you probably know, like mostly companies. Yeah, right? like horse and buggy companies and uh, uh, like Ford was like it's way before that. That's well, oh, a light that. bulb, probably light bulb, light companies. bulbs, um, uh, hoop dresses, hula hoops. No, no, no. Um, but the stick, the the wheel, the one piece, the wheel. one piece bathing suits with the stripes. Yeah. You're heavily invested in the one piece. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's about an hour right there. What is there All anything right. else that you wanted to go over? I mean, you know, what I was thinking about, it's like, uh, you know, like stocks, you know, there's no, there's no real answer to any of this stuff. It's all, yeah, speculative. It's constantly growing. Right. Yeah, we're coming up with answers as we go, pretty much. But it's interesting to sort of learn about it. And uh, and like we just said, you know, it's so new. And to see seven years ago how much was Bitcoin worth? Yeah, pennies. Pennies. Dollars. Dollars. A few dollars. But it fluctuated. You know, it went from like $13 to $0.05. Cents, you know, right. It would to make crazy jumps. Right. Back in um, last week it went from $2,800 to $1,800. Yeah, it was like twelve, it was twenty five, but then it bounced back. It had its biggest growth in history. It went from you know eighteen hundred to twenty nine hundred, right. in less than two days. Yeah, so that's I mean that's almost fifty percent of, you know, if you had you know if you had ten thousand dollars in your bank account and the dollar went plummeted to fifty cents, you know, yeah, that's half your money. And then in a, a couple week. days later, it could go back. So twice as much. But so yeah, it's very... Yeah. It's uh, volatile. It's Headline, very... Headline, Bitcoin's volatile. Very, very volatile. Um, but, you know, I think it's stabilizing over time, you know, because they say it's volatile, but it, you know, has these giant leaps. Like, look at 2012, went up to 1,300, down to 200, then pretty much just climbed steadily to 1,000, and then had a giant leap to 1,000. Now it's kind of stabilizing around 25 over the past month or so, 2,500 over the past month or so. Let me ask you this but, last question then. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have like a final thought for Strider here. <laughs> <laughs> every every week we'll have a final thought. What are the chances that Ethereum overtakes Bitcoin? You want like a percentage chance? Well, I just mean as far like as a, as, as, like? as popularity. Because a lot of people say that Ethereum is the new Bitcoin. And do you think it will ever uh, become worth more than Bitcoin? Because right now it's worth about ten percent. Yeah, it's worth about a hundred bucks, right? I don't know. It, it, it goes between two yeah. and hundred, whatever. It's going down now because of all the hacks. I mean, the main difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think, are that you have bitcoin is kind of anonymous it's just created by this guy satoshi nakamoto right does he exist doesn't he exist is he japanese is he russian is where's he from nobody knows whereas ethereum you've got this character you've got right. a ceo this nerdy wayfish intellectual basement dwelling kind of guy he's like asperger's he's got he's on some sort of spectrum of yeah you know crazy genius creativity yeah and i don't mean yeah. that in a negative way i'm just saying but also, he's definitely like there's something going on with him. Yeah. And so you've got a character involved where people put people invest into his personality, invest into what he's saying, what he's doing. He's like part of Ethereum, basically. Whereas Bitcoin, it's sort of just... He may be like a more evolved human. Yeah, he could be, you know, I part wanna, of the... I'd like to see what like his brain scan is. Like, the, you know... The CT scan. If, they've, if they've done any tests on him. 
if it's like firing faster than well he's like his body seems like it's devolved into like he doesn't really need to you know uh fight anyone yeah he has all these bodyguards around him yeah and then his brain has evolved to like understand these concepts energy on muscle mass into brain mass (laughs) it's just like a walking stick figure with like a he's just like could be like a brain in a jar with some wires coming out of it tweeting yeah yeah and people would keep buying ethereum (laughs) until um the cows come no i think maybe last thought is the possible world bitcoin's kind of like gold and ethereum's like silver and litecoin's like bronze copper kind of thing where they're commodities where uh people uh if you're trying to build a house people come in and strip all your litecoin away yeah (laughs) in the ghetto and they sell it for malt liquor Oh, Strider, don't say that. I mean, that's just, you really, we could edit that, that, that part a, out. Yeah, let's edit that out. That was a real, that was a <laughs> I mean, su- assumption you, of. I was watching The Wire, isn't that what they did? They take, they, they would strip the copper from, yeah, sell it for. They sold it for malt liquor? Well, I think it was cocaine. But, yeah, well, that's a big difference, Strider, because. The same world. White people like cocaine. Now I'm stereotyping white You are, people. yeah, I mean, it's right. a schedule two drug, you let's, know, whereas. Let's edit that out. You'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be good. Right. Um, wow, well, wait a so, minute. Yeah. podcast on it. Jeez Louise. I mean, you're talking about stripping copper from people's houses. That's that's just as bad. I wasn't as saying who it. was doing it. But who, yeah, it's people and white, anyone could do it. Anyone exactly. could strip copper. Anyone yeah. could drink malt liquor. There so, you go. So. I've drank it before. It's terrible. I've drank probably, yeah, Steel Reserve. It's horrible. Oof. Ice 800. It tastes like it's Tylenol in there or something. Have you ever had camo? Never had camo. It comes in a camouflage can. Like Four Loco. It's like Four Loco, but uh, I don't think I knew about Four Loco when camo was around, but we used to call it the uh, beer that ends friendships. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> because people are fighting to drink it? Cause it's no, no, so no. Crazy. We would get drunk on it, and then we'd all start beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. I think it was brewed in Las Vegas, which is a really bad sign. Sometimes it's good for friendships, so a little fighting, you know? To... We're still friends, but just that, you know, it, it like 10 years later, you know? It, so it builds friendships after long periods of time. It breaks friendships down to their core, their purest form, mm-hmm. and then and then who's ever around <laughs> still, you can grow then together. It's like an ayahuasca trip, right? But it's uh, but they sell it at Seven uh, Eleven. You should be on their marketing team. <laughs> I don't know; it's still around. <laughs> but um, yeah, sounds good. Future. All right, we're gonna end it at All that. Right. That's better. <laughs> Next time, more more Bitcoin talk with. Yeah, we still need to figure out what the name of the podcast is. Yeah, but time's up. Yeah, I don't know. Oh boy, let's figure that out. out. Next next time we'll have a title. All right, sounds good. Thanks, buddy. Title time. All right, bye bye.